podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Afternoon, everyone. Oh, I forgot to take off the thing behind me. Okay, pretend we never saw that. Pretend we never saw my background not change. Okay. Afternoon, everyone. And welcome back to another podcast, another transfer link, and another spurious transfer link. Um, it's a Sunday evening, and I'm still with COVID. I'm still not testing negative, so I'm still on my own. And I like to talk to you guys, and I like you guys to talk back to me in the comments. So uh, I just said I'd pop on and talk about Conrad Limer for two reasons. We seem to there seems to be a bit of chatter about him. And look, I'm 100% know that there's probably about a 5% uh, chance this transfer goes through. But he was somebody, if you guys remember my scouting series, he was somebody that I had actually earmarked about four weeks ago to do that, uh, to do with that. And I put together some, some numbers on him and put together a data sheet on him and stuff as well. And he was actually someone I was supposed to look at last Monday with regards to the scouting series. And then he was linked today. And obviously I didn't get around to it because I wasn't feeling the best. But he was linked today and I said, well, I've got all the work done in him, so I'm just going to do a podcast on him and see if people like him. And I suppose the big thing with regards to this is that, yeah, I, I completely understand that like Sky Germany linked him very tentatively, very tentatively. And he was linked by that guy, Ekim Kanur, I think his name is. I can't, don't know how to pronounce him. And he's he's got a strike rate of about one in 10. And that's absolutely fine as well. But uh, I had a lot of, I had the work done on him already. And I just said, you know what, since we've got... Um, since we've had a tentative link on him, he's exactly uh, the type of player that I would have looked at within my scouting series because I did look at him in my scouting series and he's somebody that I wanted to talk about that could be a good fit with Aston Villa anyway. So let's take a little look at him. Hopefully these transfer links are true. It's He was rumoured to be going to, Ma to Manchester City. Not, no, it wasn't rumoured to be going to Manchester City. He was rumoured to be going to Bayern Munich like every other player in the Bundesliga. But it, it seems they're having issues getting rid of Marcel Sabitzer. And um, it seems that until they get rid of him, they're going to find it difficult to bring in more central midfield uh, players. Now, however like, likely that is, when did that ever stop Bayern Munich? In the past, they usually just pack their team full of players and then worry about it afterwards because they've got an unlimited supply of cash and an unlimited supply of trophy cabinets and, and space for in the, within their trophy cabinet. Albeit, I think that Dortmund might put it up to him this year because they've made some really, really, really shrewd signings. But he was, he's been linked for the longest time with, uh, with with Bayern Munich, but he has also previously been linked with Aston Villa. Once again, very spuriously, been linked in German media with Aston Villa. And I just said, let's, let, let's take a look at him. He's rumoured as well previously. I took a screenshot of an interview that I, I read, and I'm didn't send it on. I don't have it on my computer, so apologies. I'm just going to read it directly out from my phone. But I took a screenshot from an interview that he did. And, excuse me. This came from um, from Leipziger Volkszeitung. Um, my German is perfect, but it came from that. And basically, Conrad Leimer's role model when growing up was none other than a certain Mr. Steven Gerrard, and he said that Steven Gerrard embodies everything that makes a super player. He always marched in front, never gave up, had no fear, was good in the ball, and in duels could shoot, head, everything. And that came from a, a Leipzig um, supporters page. That's where that came from. 
thought it was relevant, thought it might just add a small bit of spice and mystery towards uh, whether we actually are going to sign him. Still think we only have a 5% chance of actually signing uh, Conrad Limer. But what I want to do is I want to look at him and see why I think that he's a very, very perfect uh, signing for Aston Villa. Sorry, a very, very complimentary, not perfect, because I don't think that Villa are going to be linked with the perfect signing um, for them in midfield because he's going to Crystal Palace. In my view, yes, Czech de Korea is going to Crystal Palace, but that's for that's a story for another day or probably for m- multiple other days. Um, but Conrad Limer is somebody I think that could come in and compliment this this group of players because he is one of the most, if not, he's actually, you know what, I'm going to put it, I'm going to go on record and say he's the most energetic midfielder in the whole of Europe. You will not find anybody who puts in a shift like him. Um, and uh, we'll see that with any statistics in a moment. Um, he's obviously Austrian, as, uh, as uh, people may know. And uh, he's an Austrian international, and he's like, I think he's twenty five. But with the word, the word honest, honesty of effort, he's come up through the whole, like through his whole upbringing has been through the Red Bull, um, if you want to call it the Red Bull Academy. He started off with with Salzburg in in two thousand and seven, so he was born in nineteen ninety seven. So at ten years of age, he started in the Red Bull Salzburg. Academy. He then went out on loan in 2014 for 14 and 16, as a lot of Red Red Bull players do. He went out on loan to FC Leifring and he played some games there. That's literally that's like their B team, Salzburg's B team. And then he obviously then played with Salzburg then in 2017. Um played a full season or 16 and 17, played played a season and a half with them, uh, playing 57 games, scoring four goals, and then moved on to you know Leipzig's team. So if you want to talk about the the Red Bull, have almost like a graduation system within their within their business model that you start off with FC Leipzig and then you move on to Red Bull Salzburg and then you move on to Leipzig. And he's done that. He's come up through the whole way. So he's been really, really has been a Red Bull lifer. And uh, during during that whole period of time, since 2012, he's played with Austrian national teams from 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, made his Austrian debut in 2019. He's played 24 games for Austria and he scored two goals as well. He got his first call up uh, for the Austrian senior side in the 2018 FA Cup qualifiers against Wales and Georgia. And... Um, then uh, he made his debut in twenty uh, in the t- twenty nineteen against Slovenia as a starter as well. Like looking at his at his career s- statistics, like if we're looking for somebody that's going to come in and score a ton of goals, this isn't going to be our guy. But he's a really good continuity player. And some of you guys may have watched uh, I my recent uh, um, post match review of the game against Walsall and I feel very very much and I'm very much steadfast in that that for that game only I'm not saying that for the whole season we're going to play a 4-2-3-1 but for that game only we were very definitely I think in a 4-2-3-1 very definitely in a 4-2-3-1 this guy comes in I think he transcends a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 I think his versatility will be very very much um, appreciated within and uh, in and around the, the squad as well Um, as I said once again to preface this do I think he's going to sign for Aston Villa, put it this way, to blow the hairs off my chinny chin chin if he did, because he's really well thought of. If Villa, but if Villa could get him, this would be a massive signing. It would be a massive show of intent. 
because this guy's been linked with the likes of Munich, as I mentioned previously. Man United were looking at him, albeit when Ragnick was there. Um, and there's been other clubs in Serie A that have been looking at him as well. So it's not like he's a guy who's just going to float around mid-tier teams within Europe. This would be very much a full-core press that Aston Villa would need to go on, just like they did with Abubakar Kamara. And I think it would raise the profile within Europe, albeit. I think it would raise the profile uh, of the club if we were to pull off this signing. And it would be a pretty... How would I put this? It would be a pretty um, cost-effective signing as well because the money that's that's been touted is somewhere between 17 and 22 million euros, not even pounds, million euros. And as we know, we have some sort of central midfielders at the moment that are being touted to go for more than that, i.e. Douglas Louise. So let's take a little look at some of the numbers, um, at some of the, the numbers here. But we will do that in a moment. Let me just uh, highlight some of your comments. Aston the Villa fan, great to have you on board, Aston. You're here nearly for every stream. Love it. And thanks a million for all the support you give the podcast. Uh, Aston says, evening all. And same goes to AVFC agent Gerard. I don't think, I, I can't remember the last time you didn't tune in for a podcast. I really appreciate all your support. You're an absolute gentleman. And you must say, even, I must say, even if it's as easy, as easy as switching out a cam, you don't, don't, Half pull off full days of podcasts and sometimes guests are more recognition on this and, and this channel. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that too. And and you kind of agree with me as well. You don't want to say you do want to say I might have been wrong about yesterday's transfer, but that was okay. That literally broke on the on the podcast. I was doing that as a spurious one as well because as I say, I'm stuck here in my isolation chamber at the moment. But uh I've actually broke on the po- broke on the podcast from Fabrizio Romano last night that Augustinson was going to actually well, looks like he's it's a more or less a done deal. Uh, and just like this one, I'm not quite sure that this one is actually going to come off, but let's all be prepared if it does. Let's all know a small bit about the player and let's all kind of try and learn about him together, which is something that I absolutely love to do. Uh, Macadamia, once again, another familiar face, another familiar name in the podcast. And I love the repeat custom that we have here. So, Mac, thank you so much once again for watching. Macadamia says, would love us to sign this lad, but it seems very likely he's going to Byron. And I, I think somehow Byron will find a way to shuffle their deck or will find a way to get Sabitzer out out uh, from underneath their, their feet. It seems like he's digging himself in for a massive payout. And I presume it will come down to money if they get a ball, ball of cash for, um, for Lewandowski. But then again, Bayern Munich are caught in a kind of a love triangle with Mat- Matthias De Ligt as well, where they're going to have to pay somewhere between 90 and 100 million euros is what they're being quoted from Matthias De Ligt. And they, they do have a bit of a hole at centre half because Nicolas Sula has gone and moved to Dortmund. So I think that Munich are, are more more in the in the mold of 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 um prioritizing that center back position so if they do splash a whole 100 million euros or somewhere close to it on Matthias de Ligt, and they don't get all the money that they want for Robin Levin, uh, for Robert Lewandowski back again it may curtail their spending power specifically if Sabitzer stays or doesn't go so there's a lot of politics that do go on at, at, at Bayern as well but they do somehow just always magic money out of nowhere and and they're never and ever ever in any danger of ever being in the red at any given season a fantastically well-run club and uh, just a club that, like, you know, sometimes I give out about the way the City and, and the top six are going. Like, the, the Bundesliga must be looking at Bayern Munich and going, we will never catch them, ever, ever, ever. Um, because they're just an absolute juggernaut. Uh, Richard Laws says, why do we give Ashley Young a new contract to go and then sign that Swedish left back on loan? That's Lung, Young's role now. Doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense to me because I don't think Ashley Young is good, is a good left back. And I think that Ashley Young is more that mentor for the squad. I think he's there, that he's that auxiliary guy that can come in and and, and can be that go between between um coaches, players and and 
and Ashley Hung. Essentially, he can be that go between between the two. And uh, I think I think that's kind of telling in the fact that it took so long for him to sign that contract that um, he might get some game time, maybe in a, in a more forward position, uh, and he's going to cover maybe a multitude of positions. But I think it will be a stage where we get to the end of the season and Ashley Hung might have played maybe a lot of cup competitions and maybe two or three appearances in the Premier League. And I think he's happy with that. But I think the club wanted him back more for his mentorship abilities more so than anything else. And and uh, I think I, I think that's okay too. Um, I, I always wanted us to bring in another left back with him as well so that we could allow Ben Crescent to go out on loan too. Um, who else do we have? Nathan. Don't forget me. I won't, Nathan, won't forget you, Nathan. Nathan Botflower. Uh, <laughs> great to see you. Um, bam, 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 bam. Where else have we? Gaz, another familiar face. Good man. Thank you very much for popping in. Captain K, whoever we sign next has to be a big money signing. Marquee for a centre midfield superstar. Great regular content up the villa. Thank you so much, Captain K. And I'm of the opinion as well. Uh, and going back to uh, Richard's previous comment about, about Ashley Young, I'm of the opinion that signing somebody on loan like that gives us the opportunity because it gives us this, the stability of not having to rely on Ashley Young for maybe 10 or 12 games during the season because I just don't think he has that name in him at left back at the Premier League anymore. But it also gives us gives us the opportunity then to test out this guy who's a, who's a seasoned left back and an attacking left back and somebody who's playing international football and happy enough to sit on a bench because he does do a bench job. He has done a bench job of uh, for Bremen and at uh, Sevilla as well. But it also gives us that extra uh, money in the coffers to be able to go and to, to maybe spend that money on a big money signing, as opposed to going away and signing a Sergio, Sergio Gomez or maybe a Borna Sosa and blowing 15, 20 million on somebody to come in and sit behind Luca Dean. Don't think that's good squad construction or good utilization of, of, of funds. But look, as I say, if we had the funds to do it, I would have been all for it. But I think this shows our hand that we're going to spend something on a central midfielder. And I think that our last hurrah in the transfer market for lots of money, should I say. We might bring in a, a mid-range striker as well for, for not an awful lot. Um, but I think our last hurrah will be a huge, uh, a big money signing on a central midfielder. And it could be this guy. Who knows? Could be this guy as well. Who knows? Um, Mac, you're you're showering me with comments. Time showering me with compliments. So I say the best channel on the internet's interwebs, Neil. That's why we come back. But thank you so much. I uh, I just come on here and I just wax lyrically, and that's that's my. This is just me. I'm just one of these enthusiastic people. So uh, thanks so much, and I'm glad that you guys like it. Um, Simon asked a question: Would Lima replace McGinn or Ramsey? Well, let's have a look. Let's see, let's see. But before we do, Ed says, I wouldn't be shocked if we wait to see Gallagher's situation at Chelsea. And I think this is bingo. I think this is right on the mark. I think this is right on the mark. But I, I do think that there is there is um, kind of smoke around an awful lot of other players that we've been mentioned with, even though they aren't mentioned by big, massive names. Nobody knew about Augustinson until Villa Report mentioned it 20 minutes later, and Fabrizio had it, and now it looks like he's going to be on a plane to, to, Austria, or to Australia next next week to join up with the squad. So sometimes because the, the links aren't from massive sources doesn't mean that they aren't exactly credible because sometimes the smaller guys get a, get a link from outside of the Aston Villa bubble, should I say. And, and it may be true, as I say. Like last night, the, the um, what was it? Uh, Mucha Deportes, uh, I think is what it was called, uh, broke the Augustinson story. And then 20 minutes later, it was almost all but rubber stamped by Fabrizio Romano. So with the Gallagher side of things, um, I think that that is probably our number one. Probably our number one. I think that, that, that Stephen Jarrett would like to come in. Wouldn't be my number one, but it wouldn't be my number 
10, put it that way. I would definitely have him in my top three uh, central midfielders I would like to sign. I would have Conrad Limer higher, higher than, than, than Conor Gallagher, albeit I couldn't tell you what, what way Conrad Limer would play within the Premier League. Um, but let's take a look at his statistics. We're 15 and a half minutes in, and we better take a look at his statistics. So he is 25 years of age, as I said. He's a kind of a number eight type player, but he does straddle that number six position. The reason I say that as well is because when you look at him, his defensive output is absolutely outrageously off the wall, specifically in the point of view of tackles and pressures. He has had the highest amount of pressures in all of Europe last season. 34.22 pressures per game is redonkulous, is what I would call it. It is ridiculously good. Like, you look at it there. You look at our, our, our little uh, spidergram, whatever way, whatever you want to call it. Um, you look at what it is there. The, the yellow line is him. I had to actually extend the amount of pressures because I didn't think anyone would get that high. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous the amount of pressures he has. And then when you tie in the hair, look, you, you look. So, so this is where numbers and statistics become a small a bit of a quagmire and you can get kind of bolted down in them and you can kind of think that something's good and something's bad when it's actually really good and you can read too much into it so he's got 34.22 pressures per game and of those 34.22 pressures 30 percent of them are, are successful pressure so that that so he's got the highest amount of pressures per game but the amount the percentage of those that are successful is 30 percent and you might look at that and you go yeah but look he's only successful within the top 46 percent of percentile of players in europe now you equate that percentage into a number of his 34.22 pressures per game, divide that by three, because that's what, essentially, because that's what 30% more or less is. He's coming in at, in and around 11 successful pressures per game. 11 successful pressures per game is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous number. Absolutely ridiculous number. And we'll see that when we look at it. Keep that in your mind. 11 successful pressures. We'll see that when we look at the players that we have that we know can pressure the ball. Like the likes of McGinn, the likes of, or the likes of, uh, of, of Ramsey and Douglas Dewey. Like They look like they're consistently pressuring the ball when they're on the field. Could you imagine the number 11? Keep that in the back of your mind. When it comes to interceptions, uh, he's not the greatest. So he's not somebody who's going to snip in, take the ball off somebody and run away with it or, or anything like that. But he's going to pressure the living daylights out of you. And he's going to pressure you high. And to be honest with you, I, I should probably have done another data sheet on him about where his pressures um, happen within the field because they happen at all three levels of the field. His touches happen at all three levels of the field. And his energy and his... Um, uh, his, his, his I don't know why I've got lots of pressures but average success in there. Forget you saw that because that shouldn't even be in there. I think that was a copy and paste from somebody else. I do apologize. Um, but he, he, he's, he's, his effort around the field is, is absolutely unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable, genuinely. Um, and and it's, it's, it's something where his engine cannot be... You can't buy an engine like that that he has around the field. He does commit a few fouls. You can see there. He's overzealous in his tackle. Commits 2.86 fouls per game. It puts him right at the bottom of, of players within the league. I've just realized I've put up the completely wrong uh, stat sheet that I have. And this is an older stat sheet. So I'm going to fill for a bit while I create... While I um, make sure that I have his correct stat sheet there. Uh, so bear with me there for a moment. This is the... 
the travails of live TV, but uh, his, his engine, if you watch any of his games, if you watch even a seven-minute clip of him, you'll just see him. He just, he's everywhere, and he's, he, the way that he moves and pivots when he's, uh, when he's running around the field is absolutely fantastic, too. It's, 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 a, it's a sight to behold, to be honest with you. So it's, um, it's definitely something that you want to you take in and you want to you kind of uh, experience when you are looking at him because uh, it's, his de- it's one of his biggest traits that, uh, that, that I definitely found with him as well. In the attacking sense, too, he's, uh, you can see that he's, uh, he has a decent amount of assists. I'll show you that once I pop it up there again in a moment. I just realized that I had an older stat sheet. As I mentioned, I had this done him four weeks ago. Sometimes the statistics change uh, throughout the course of a couple of weeks. And as in the, the where he fits in, the percentiles of where he fits in change over a couple of weeks because some players would have obviously been playing in Europa or in um, uh, UEFA Nations League games and stuff like that. And this takes into account all of their play, not just club games, international, domestic, international cups, so on and so forth. And I wanted to bring up the most... Um, the most recent one, should I say. Uh, so I'm going to pop that up on screen there a moment. Just let me uh, find it and get it up on screen. I do apologize for this, guys. Um, so bear with me while I just pop this one up on screen. Uh, but as I say, he's uh, he's touches and, and, and every, where he gets around the field and stuff like that. It can be seen if you go on to FB ref. So uh, a lot of the numbers that I get here are from football ref, FB ref. Uh, so if you go and you look at, uh, at 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 that and you look at these scouting reports and you check to see what the numbers are there, you can check to see the, the positions in the field where he picks up the ball, he gets his touches, he gets his interceptions, he gets his pressures. And if you see that, you'll just see green, 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 green everywhere because he is quite, um, he's very, very decent at that. Very, very decent at that. Um, so now I have the correct one there. Yes, we have the correct one now. I knew that I had taken out average uh, at... Um, Average success rate there because uh, I knew that that wasn't true when I'd seen it. Um, so uh, looking at the rest of his statistics, passing statistics, he's not that metronomic player. But once again, I don't think that Aston Villa are looking for one of those. I think Aston Villa are looking for somebody who's a bit more energetic around the field, who can accept the pass, pass it off and be be very kind of steady in that in that aspect. But I think they're looking for energy, 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 and people are able to carry that ball forward. Conrad Limer can definitely do that because they're going to have their metronome. Douglas Louise wasn't a bad metronome at the base of that midfield. He was just a bad defender at the base of that midfield. And I think Bubakar Kamara comes in and he plays that position and he plays it an awful lot better because as we know, I am, I'm going to, going to um, uh, give him the moniker, Bubakar Kamara, the moniker of the workhorse because like the amount of work he even does for, for France and the amount of work he did for Marseille was absolutely colossal and hopefully he can do that for Aston Villa as well um, one of the big things here to, to look at from a Conrad Limer point of view is his shot creating actions, his goal creating actions you can see that they're pretty high so even though he isn't the most what I, like he isn't, doesn't get on the ball the most he's very effective with what he does with the ball he progresses the ball forward 4.2 games per 4.2 times per game should I say and he creates uh, pretty decent shot creating actions and goal creating actions as we can see there six assists last season four goals um, so touches uh, of the ball he comes in at 61.88 which puts him in the middle of the pack um, dribble completion rate dribble success rate you know they're pretty they're pretty average 
Um, they're pretty average when we look at them, specifically the dribbles, the successful dribble rate. He doesn't dribble an awful lot of of the time, but when he does, he carries the ball into the attacking third. His progressive carries and his carrying distance are pretty decent as well. So let's take a little look at him here in comparison to the likes of Douglas Louise and to the rest of our um of our midfielders. And this is the time where I look very nervously to see if I've color-coded everything correctly, and I seem to have done so. So we can see here that from a Douglas Louise point of view, tackles, pressures, pressure success rate, Conrad Limer is much higher. And remember what I mentioned about his pressures, that he has 11 successful pressures or in and around that per game. When we look here at Douglas Louise, Douglas Louise has a 17.37 pressures per game, and he's successful at more or less the same rate as Conrad Limer, which is 30%. Now, 30% is 17%. Is roughly about six pre successful pressures per game. Conrad Limer is coming in at eleven. When we look at our pass success rates, we look at our uh, our progressive passive passing rates, our goal creating actions, and so on. We can see here that Conrad Limer is is very favourable in comparison to Douglas Louise in that position. Then when we look here the, at uh, possession statistics, he comes out massively on top in all the possession statistics here when we look at it from Conrad Limer's point of view. So he's carrying of the ball. I think that Stephen Gerrard is looking for a carrier of the ball. And that's why I think Conor Gallagher is in the mix. I think that, that somebody of the ilk of Conrad Limer is in the mix. And look, I'm going to say it, and I know people aren't going to agree with it, but I genuinely think that if we come to... It, like if we go down to our list of targets on that list somewhere within the top five of number eights that we're looking to looking to potentially buy, I think Alex Oxley Chamberlain is a viable viable option for Steven Gerrard, and I think he is considering him. If we don't secure other options, whether fans like it or don't like it, I'm just saying what I kind of see based on the players that we're being linked with because of his ability to carry the ball and his ability to pass the ball. Do I really want him? I'm I'm not sure. I've done a podcast on him. I can see the I can see the pluses and minuses. If it comes to pass, I would have to really look at it and I'd have to really kind of get in underneath the bonnet of it to see what I would like it. But somebody like a Conrad Limer, I get I get behind day in, day in, day in, day out, because I think he's just a fantastic player and I think his energy is superb too. Um when we look at him here in comparison to John McGinn. John McGinn, we can see, is a kind of a hustle and bustle type player. We all know him. He's got that energy that gets around the field. And Conrad Limer wouldn't replace him. Conrad Limer would probably complement him. Um, and it could be a replacement. It could be a rolling in, rolling off type of, type of thing that we don't lose a John McGinn's energy. We just replace it with a Conrad Limer's energy. And, you know, that could still keep us with that energetic feel throughout the course of the game. Plus the fact that Conrad Limer does carry the ball a bit better than uh, uh, John McGinn does. And lastly, when we look at him here in comparison to Jacob Ramsey, I would expect him to have a better a better defensive record than Jacob Ramsey, albeit for uh, interceptions and fouls committed. And uh, then when we look at the passing and the possession stats, it kind of comes down equal side on both, both of these guys, specifically when we look at the passing point of view. But uh, when we look at the possession stats and the carrying of the ball, it is very much in favor of Conrad Limer. So there are just some statistics that I uh, I see when I look at him. He does some really nice things with the ball. He's very energetic. And I think that Steven Gerrard wants that energetic player that's able to carry that ball, that's able to pressure and, take, and get the ball and carry that ball forward. Now, we've got a couple of comments here as well. Um, that I missed previously. Nathan Botflower asked me, how many more signings do you think we'll make this window? I think we'll make definitely two, potentially four, depending on outgoings. 
And the reason I say potentially four is because I think that if we decide that we're going to loan out Cameron Archer, and I don't think that we will, but um, let's just say if we do, I think that we would bring in, we would need to bring in another striker. Um, I think we potentially might need to bring in a striker anyway. Um, and also, I think outgoings, once again, Douglas Louise might be an outgoing. And I still think that we might have an outgoing in the centre-half position. Or I think that we might try and get in another centre-half. Um, I don't know why. I just have a feeling in my waters. Who? I don't know. Everyone knows who I want. I want Nathan Collins, but I'm not going to get him. And that's that's a frivolity of my of my own mindset. But... Um, I think that if we got an offer for one of our centre halves, I think we might accept it. Um, but who I don't know. So it's it's really all dependent on outgoings. But if no one goes out, I think we sign two, potentially three. If people go out, then I think they will be replaced. So I hope that kind of answers your question. I went around a long way about that uh, to try and answer it. Um, what else do we have there? Uh, so. Stevie Stevie B says, still think we need a couple of new midfielders, especially if Luis goes. Absolutely. I think we'll definitely sign one, potentially two, and definitely two if Luis goes. Um, because obviously we're going to have Morgan Sanson might be going out. Um, Kanye Chekomeka might be leaving. I, although I don't think he leaves. I think he might sign that pre-contract agreement. We might have Tim that might go on loan. And I think these players, I think what we have, the numbers that we have in midfield is quite good at the moment. I think, it's quite, I think it's quite good, but we just know that some of them are going to go out. And if the opportunity to improve in these, excuse me, improve in these players, the likes of Sansan comes in, well, let, well, then I think that we will take it and I think we'll spend that money um, to, to do so. Um, do I think that Limer will join? I give it about somewhere between a 5 and a 20% chance, and that's about it. I'm, I'm not. Do I think he will join? No. Do I want him to join? Would I be happy with him to join? Yes. I think that's that's the way I'll answer that question for sure. Um, ba -ba um uh, and and AVC Archie says only oh, 28 million. He's been he's been quoted a lot lot less. That 28 million was from transfer market. Um, any of the quotes I've seen with him moving to Bayern Munich was like for between 17 and 20 million euros, not even pounds. So um sometimes I think transfer market can overinflate uh, the player's uh, value as well. Um where else do we have? There's someone mentioned Suchek. There's Chris. Chris says, slightly off topic, off topic, Neil. What do you make of Suchek? Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I like him, obviously. I like him. But I'm kind of weary as to why West Ham would want him gone and to why he would come to Aston Villa. So, um... How am I going to put this? But it would be kind of a case of, look, definitely if we can get him, if we get Thomas Suchek in, it's not even a question as to us playing four two three one. Not even a question. It just, it just, it's the way it will have to be because Thomas Suchek is a man who pops up at the back post and heads balls into the back of the net. But he's not a fella. He's not going to carry that ball all the way up the field for you. So I think that. Uh, I can't see him really rocking up at Aston Villa. I don't know where the links have come from. I don't know where the links have come from. I can't see him myself 
if he came in, I could see where we could fit him into the team for sure in a four two three one. Absolute sure, because like you know, he's made all his money playing in that four two three one with West Ham. I just don't know, and maybe West Ham are trying to cut their cloth accordingly. Maybe they're trying to, maybe maybe they just see that Declan Rice is is a better player and he's unreplaceable, whereas Thomas Suchek is replaceable. Maybe I I, I don't know. Maybe they're not willing to pay Suchek all that money. So I just don't know where where the villa part comes in in that, if, if that makes sense, considering that, um, considering, uh, I suppose that like Villa and West Ham would probably be milking out of the same bucket in that, in that kind of sense, when we're looking at players, when we're trying to keep our players and we're, we're kind of striving for the same thing, albeit that West Ham have been higher up the league than us over the last couple of years. Uh, but, but I could definitely see a space for him if he was to join this club, but do I think he's going to join? I, I, I certainly don't. Um, I don't think it's going to be going to be Thomas Suchek. A lot of reasons. I think the money would be would be quite high, and I think the money wages we would pay him would be quite high. And I just think that West Ham would come to a deal with him if they found out that we were involved somewhere somewhere along the line, because uh, he, he's pretty much a cult hero at, at West Ham as well. So they, they they would have to take that into account. Um, Rex. That's interesting. I I don't know what Pyle about his contract status. He's one of the lowest players at West Ham and feels he's worth the same as the top paid players. Scores eight goals a season and dominates midfield aerial aerial challenges, etc. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's why I said he pops up the back post. He scores goals with his head. Dominates dominates in the air. He's a big, strong, strapping man. Um, I personally think that Steven Gerrard is looking for someone who can get the ball down and can carry that ball. And he, he's not that type of player. So if we did come in, I think that would signal a four two three one for sure. I think it would signal a 4 2 3 1 for sure. Um, Chris Jackson says, um, please sign Connor Gallagher. Him and Ramsey will dominate. I think they're very similar type of players. Um, I think they're very similar type of players. And I think it's one for the other. Um, or sorry, one could play with the other, considering that Ramsey comes from the comes from the left and Connor Gallagher comes from the right. Um, another player that I'm just not sure Aston Villa will pull the trigger on for for the amount of money that they're looking for. But should they do that? And I know that Stephen Gerrard, or it's been rumored, should I say? Jesus, I don't know anything. What am I talking about? I know Stephen Gerrard likes him. I don't know if Stephen Gerrard likes him. I know it's been rumored that Stephen Gerrard likes him. So you got to change. You got to got to pick your words pretty. Pretty, you know, pretty carefully when you when you do stuff like this. So I I know it's been rumored that Stephen Gerrard likes him, but and if he comes in, look, he's an England international. We can't be turning our nose up at England internationals. This guy had a great scoring record last season. Plus, he's only twenty one years of age, twenty two years of age. I absolutely, if Stephen Gerrard thinks he's the man to come in, why not get him in there? Because I think he fits our style and he carries the ball, and I think that's what Stephen Gerrard wants. Wants ball carriers for sure, for sure. Um. Any other questions out there, guys, before we tie your bow on this one? Um, while I'm waiting for those questions to come in, I suppose, just to kind of just to kind of wrap it up there on Conrad Limer. Like he's got everything to play in the Premier League. Yeah, he's got that endeavor, he's got that 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 engine, and I can't stress that enough. That engine is like it just bounces off the page when you look at him. When you're watching him on TV, it just bounces off the, uh, off the TV. Um, he's just a no-nonsense, honest-to-God player. And very much like a John McGinn, you know. John McGinn's we love him because of his effort and his honesty of effort. Well, Conrad Limer is exactly like that as well, except he's got assists and goals in him too. And he's, his pressures, you haven't seen anything like his pressures. Like, you just saw his numbers there. Just fantastic uh, when, you, when you look at them. So, I think it's probably pie in the sky for Aston Villa to sign him. If we did get a match on Europe, and, and I'll be honest with you, 
like I would have told you about Diego Carlos playing the sky the Villa were going to sign him. I would have t- told you about Bubakar Kamara who was playing the sky the Villa were going to sign him. And I think that's the beauty of being an Aston Villa fan at the moment, whereby we do our work in the shadows. And you see that with, even with, with uh, Ludwig uh, Augustinsson, uh, whereby nobody knew a thing about it. It might break in a week's time that Conrad Limer is on his way to Australia to join up with the club for, for 22 million euros or whatever the case is. And then, you know, we, it, it'll be a fantastic story for Aston Villa because I do think we're in, we're in, uh, we're in the running for a central midfielder. And, and while I kind of like to temper my own excitement sometimes and say I don't think we're going to sign players, I genuinely believe that there is a bracket of players that anybody is possible because, as I say, we do our work in the shadows, and I love that. I love that about Villa at the moment, whereby um, things just break out of nowhere, and um, and it's a nice feeling, nice feeling to have when when we pull the wool over people's eyes. Uh, uh, other clubs, not the clubs, are selling us the players because we, Fabrizio Romano has told me in, in podcasts we've done before that we're very well respected with um, Johan Lange and with uh, Perslow. But um, when we pull the wool over the eyes of other teams, they're maybe chasing players and we go and we go something, we offer that money, we put the money on the table and we get the deal done. Beginning to like that about Aston Villa and long may I continue. Um, yeah, and we're going to leave it in this one. Presline Omar says, I just can't wait to see Wubakar play in a Villa short and neither can I. I really can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see all that work go through him at the number six position. I'm going to petition Stephen Gerrard to do that. To have that all that work go through him. I've seen him do it for France, seen him do it for Marseille, and he's just the man to do it. He's made for the Premier League, I think, in my view. And uh, can't wait to see him uh, see him tag out for Villa. And we don't have that long because I would imagine he will probably get some minutes, if not against Leeds, I think he'll get minutes against Man United towards the end of the year. Uh, or Brisbane Roar and United, I suppose, towards the end of the preseason tour as well. So we don't have that long to wait. Um, for sure. So, guys, that's it on Conrad Limer. Thank you so much for for popping in for a chat tonight. Um, it's been really great. If you guys like this, give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel. I really appreciate it. If you're not a subscriber on the YouTube channel, please subscribe on the YouTube channel. I would really appreciate it too. I've got a full slate of podcasts for next week. We've at least four lined up. Should things go go wrong, we won't have four. But at this moment in time, we've got four podcasts lined up. I would love it if you guys could join us for that. So please subscribe to the podcast to be notified of when we do go live. And I would love to have you here. As I say, I really like reading out your comments. So thanks very much for uh, spending this time with me on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Who knows what our Conrad Limer signs. If he does, well, then hopefully we know a small bit more about him. If he doesn't, well, then no harm done. And uh, we've got Villa football coming up over the next few weeks as well. So life is in a good spot at the moment. But thanks so much for joining. And I suppose really all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.